Thank you very much, my dear listener, for choosing our station. This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Today we'll be having a Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. The story is about Daniel's vision of strange animals. Thereafter, we'll be having Sister Baker Runga share on a topic entitled Pursue Peace with All during the Bible study. To start off, here's a song, Watu Wangu by Ziwani Church Kwan. Oh, I shut up. 
It is now time to welcome the Bible in Living Sound to share with us. Karibu. The Medes and Persians took over the kingdom of Babylon, the most powerful nation on earth. By the authority of the gods of the Medo-Persian Empire, I anoint and crown thee, O Darius, king of Babylon. Long live King Darius! Darius! Nebuchadnezzar was a great king. A marvelous organizer. But the kings after him, oh, they were the exact opposites. No wonder Babylon fell only a few years after Nebuchadnezzar's death. And this, my captain, shall be an object lesson to me. I am going to reorganize Babylon after the manner in which Nebuchadnezzar did. You shall help me. Yes, Your Majesty. Have any of the prisoners been put to death yet? No, Your Majesty, except, of course, Belshazzar himself and a few of his closest officers who died the night we took Babylon. Ah, perfect. See that none of them is executed for any reason at all until I have talked to each and every one of them. His Majesty talked to prisoners? Why not? In this manner I shall discover who are with us and who are against us. They'll all say they are on our side, Your Majesty. I realize that, Captain. But I shall decide by the manner in which they say it, and by answers to other questions. Why, I may even discover some who were officers under Nebuchadnezzar himself. Those are the ones I'll question very carefully. I might as well start immediately. Bring the prisoners before me, Captain, one by one. You were an officer in Belshazzar's court? A prince and a governor. Is that the manner in which you speak to your king? You are not my king. My king is dead. Captain, execute this one. Bring in another. Well, of course I'm on your side, Your Majesty. Why? Well, you conquered Babylon. I have to join you or I'll lose my head. Captain, this one too. Send in another. This one seems to have good ideas, Captain. Perhaps I can use him. Keep him under guard in the outer chamber. Send in another. There's only one left, Your Majesty. A, a rather old man. I, I doubt, Your Majesty, if oh, an, he... an old man, huh? Hmm, then he is more likely to have known Nebuchadnezzar. Bring him in. Long live Darius, king of Babylon. You recognize and honor me as king of Babylon? His majesty is king of Babylon, and I have a great respect for the authority of any office, small or great. You approve of the manner in which I became king of Babylon? O king, thou sittest upon the throne of Babylon because the king of kings willed it so. King of kings? Who is he? He is the god I serve and worship, your majesty. He giveth kingdoms, and he taketh them away. Therefore, O king, I shall serve thee to the best of my ability. Hmm. This is a new outlook. I like it. Your name? Daniel, your majesty. And your position and duties under King Belshazzar. 
I'm afraid that I had no official title or duty under Belshazzar, Your Majesty. <laughs> I imagine you were too good for his liking. Perhaps you served in some capacity under uh, Nebuchadnezzar? Yes, Your Majesty. What position did you hold? Scribe, perhaps? Prime Minister, Your Majesty. Prime Minister? You were Nebuchadnezzar's Prime Minister? He was kind enough, Your Majesty, to trust me with that position. Kind enough? You were Prime Minister to the greatest power on earth, and yet you... you don't even brag about it? Oh, King, be it known unto thee that what I have been and what I am is not because of any worth of my own, but because I serve a just and merciful God. And to Your Majesty, Nebuchadnezzar was a great king and my friend. And you were his friend. I have no doubt of that whatsoever. I am beginning to understand why he made you his prime minister. These things are what made him a great king. Uh, Daniel, I... I would like to talk further with thee in private. I wish to know more about thy god and Nebuchadnezzar. In the morning, in my private chambers, This has been a revealing as well as pleasurable talk, Daniel. I need you in my court. Your wisdom and statesmanship, your tact and courtesy, and your fidelity to right principles will be a good guide and example to the other members and officers of my court. You three men are herewith appointed as presidents over the 120 governors of the whole kingdom. First among you will be Daniel. You other two will be accountable directly to him. He will establish your duties and give directions. You may withdraw. Long live the rise, King of Babylon. It's not right. Right? It's a crime. Appointing Daniel a captive from Jerusalem over us. Huh. We are Medes and Persians, loyal to our king and country, and what do we get? A foreigner over us. <laughs> An old man at that. Let's get rid of him. You're forgetting that Daniel has somehow managed to gain the favor of the king. We wouldn't dare touch Daniel or often come our heads. <laughs> our only chance is to find something against him concerning his god. It is well known that he serves first his god, secondly his king. And the king knows this as well as we do. Daniel's fidelity to his god is one of the things the king likes about Daniel. Yes, but the king is basically a proud king, jealous of his power. Daniel is true, above all else, to his god. Certainly we can make these two facts work to our, uh... I think I have an idea. We will go to the king, all 122 of us, and flatter the king into Therefore, O king, thy humble princes and presidents desire that thy wisdom and understanding, justice and mercy be spread abroad, so that all shall know of thy greatness. With this in mind, O king, we have prepared a royal statute and decree that whosoever shall ask anything of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. This is the parchment, your majesty, upon which we have written the decree. Sign the writing, O king, and establish the decree that it not be changed according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. I did not realize that my princes and presidents were so solicitous of my welfare. 
I shall sign the decree. Then shall my greatness and fame be known throughout the length and breadth of the land. Daniel is kneeling, facing Jerusalem, and praying to his God. Of course. ...him to worship his God, regardless of anything, even a king's decree of death. <laughs> Come, let us make the thing known to his majesty. No, 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 not yet. We will watch until he has prayed three times. Then we shall tell the king. <laughs> oh, king... Didst thou not sign a decree that any man who shall ask a petition of God or man, save of thee, shall be cast into the den of lions? I did. I most certainly did. And it cannot be altered. Oh, King, we... Uh, that is... Uh, Your Majesty, Daniel regardeth not thee, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh petition to his God three times daily. Daniel? Yes. Yes, I see it clearly now. It was not zeal for my honor and glory that led you to propose the decree, but jealousy of Daniel. And I, I was too proud to see through your flattering words. And know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree or statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Yes, I know. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, I have no choice but to order the arrest of Daniel. See to it, Captain. At eventide, take him to the lion's den. I shall be waiting there. All right, Captain. Do your duty. Man, move the stone from the mouth of the den. <laughs> Take the ropes and lower him into the den. Daniel, Daniel, thy God whom thou servest so faithfully, he will deliver thee. Oh, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> Roll the stone again over the mouth of the den. Oh, oh. I, I will seal the stone myself with my signet and the signet of the Lord's. I hope that you've indeed enjoyed that story from the Bible in Living Sound. Remember to send us your views, comments, or questions about this program. Write to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now listen to Ziwani Church Choir with the song, Washata. And 
Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Hope that you're enjoying the show from wherever you are. It is now time for the Bible segment. Welcome, Sister Begging. What a privilege to be in God's presence. What joy it is to know that God cares and that He desires day by day that we are admonished and sharpened by His word of truth. Now, I am still amazed by what God desires to teach us, that the depth and the richness or the wealth of knowledge that is found in the Word of God. I desire that we read again from the book of First Thessalonians and learn the duty that we owe towards each other and towards those who labor for the Lord. I know many times we have found ourselves in situations where the ministers of God are shunned and actually being cut off from other people in society or spoken of in an ill manner. But what is the duty that God has given unto us towards those who labor in the gospel? As we prepare to study this, I am your sister in the Lord, Becky Arunga. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord our Father, for the assurance that you are with us. God, I pray in a special way that may you lead us all our journey through to be able to know you, to rely on your divine graces, to serve you, even with all that you have blessed us with immensely. Now, dear Lord, I pray that may your divine presence attend to us, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, reading from verse 12. It's just a, an, an assortment of various key things that should be part of us as Christians. Some very things that appear little but of magnificent value and immense quality in the life of a Christian. Now this is what the Bible has to say. Paul is writing the church of Thessalonica and is telling them the things that need to set them apart as a people of God. He says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. If there is one thing that mankind is lacking, it is peace. Why? Because we do not have the time to live wisely, we have no time to think deeply, and we have no time to love generously. Just to show the fact that many things have clouded our minds, the media and the digital technology, if not used, taken to proper use, runs the risk of taking our thoughts from thinking and meditating upon the things that God himself has provided unto us. And so essentially... What we are bringing to view is a duty that we owe to ourselves, a duty that we owe to our neighbors, and a duty that we owe to God. It is a duty that is of so great import that we cannot afford to leave it, especially knowing too well that we live in these last days. So Paul is writing his letter and is saying that we need to recognize the labor of those who are amongst us who are over us in the Lord and admonish us. 
This is not to say that someone is lording over us. But beloved, we need to respect the position that God has given for shepherds, for pastors, for those who are in charge of the flock. We need to respect the position of those who go out of their way to be of service in ministry. I do not know how many times you have found occasion to speak ill of a minister and a servant of God. I do not know how often you have found occasion to speak and act contrary by vilifying the very action of a minister of the gospel. But God is writing to us and reminding us that we need to esteem very highly in love for their work's sake. It has nothing to do with who they are. But the esteem that God requires of us to place upon ministers is chiefly on account of them being ministers. It is chiefly on account of them being people who have given themselves to the service of the gospel. And one thing again that stands out is that we need to be at peace amongst ourselves. This peace that the Lord requires and desires of us is not peace that comes haphazardly, but it is peace that comes knowing that our Lord cares. It is peace that comes knowing that we belong to the Lord. It is peace that comes knowing too well that whenever we call upon the Lord, He is nigh unto us and to be with us. It is not just enough to have someone working, laboring on our behalf, but we need to appreciate the work of the minister of the gospel. Why? Because Christ himself was the minister and he is still ministering on our behalf. As we are able to look into the lives of ministers by esteeming them in love, knowing that love is from God and God himself is love, then we are able to understand those things that God has put before us. I know many other situations when we have been hurt by the very ministers of the gospel. I know many other times that someone has shared the word of God and we have felt like they are hinting towards us. Many times we may not even like their suit. We may not like what they are having. We may not like what they are saying. But for God's sake, he has told us this word. Esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. God desires to elevate us to a higher perspective. But that is only possible if we are able to recognize his voice in his servants that he has sent unto us. And verse 15 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. There are many occasions that you can be compelled to act in a manner that is not good. You may be compelled to do evil to your neighbor. But God is saying this one thing. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. Do not have a vengeful spirit in your heart. Do not harbor a spirit of vengeance against anyone. But what God requires of you is that you pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. The situation may demand that you render evil. But God has promised that if you pursue good, it shall not only be for yourself, 
but it shall also be for all. It shall be for the general good of people around you. And in that, you shall be able to keep rejoicing. You shall be able to pray without ceasing, for the burden of souls will be impressed upon your heart. And one thing that I love is that God promises that in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. As you give thanks for everything, it means that even when the situation is bad, you're able to acknowledge the presence and providence of God. It means that you are able to take highly and regard the prophecies of God. It means that you're able not to quench the Spirit of God. It is means that you're able to test everything. Whereas you're esteeming the minister of God for the sake of his work in love, you're still able to test all things that come your way and able to hold fast to that which is good. Beloved, if there is one thing that God requires of us, is that we may abstain from every form of evil. Any form of evil that seeks to separate us from God. Any form of evil that may render everything that we seek to do negatory. God is teaching us that we ought to do this one thing. The one thing that we ought to do is to abstain from every form of evil by pursuing that which is good. God has given us a free will. God has given us a moral freedom that we choose what we want. We choose what we desire and we choose that which is good. How I pray, beloved, that you may choose that which is good. As Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, meditate upon those things. Let us not look at peripheral matters in our Christian lives that are meant to sow discord amongst ourselves. But focusing our eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, let us behold good things. And good things are in the scripture. Good things are in the word of God. The law of God is perfect, converting the soul. I do not know what you have been thinking about, but I pray this day that God may convert you truly and thoroughly, that you may be able to see in him something worthy of emulation, and that is meditation upon good things. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for reminding us of our duty that we owe towards each other, towards you, and towards ourselves. I pray that though the world is full of sorrow, of sin, and of sickness, Help us to turn our eyes on the things eternal. By focusing on you, O oh dear Jesus, help us to be made into your character, to be perfected day by day, to see you in your true nature and in your true sense. Dear Lord, thank you for the joy of full salvation. Thank you that your word is there daily to remind us of our duty towards each other, towards you, and towards ourselves. Now I pray that may your spirit continually teach us to walk according to your precepts. This I pray in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you, beloved. It has been a blessing. I hope you shall continuously meditate upon good things. Till next time, be blessed. We have come to the end of our show for today. Please send us your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, 
Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, I have been your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Be safe, be blessed. <laughs> Tu wa